exactly what King Jesus should be doing in your life and my life. Making us be a way that we wouldn't be naturally. We wouldn't be kind. We wouldn't be loving. We wouldn't be gracious and forgiving. We wouldn't give someone the benefit of the doubt. But because we want all those things and we know we need all those things because we are so fatally flawed and we have such a wealth of information to prove that, that we can say, God, I'm going to treat other people the way I'd want to be treated if I was them. Today, we'll hear a story of good and evil come to light. One man sought to glorify God. The other wanted glory for himself. In the same way, the choices of Mordecai and Haman became known. Jesus wants us to make our flaws known to him. When we acknowledge the weakness of our character, we're saying that we need God's grace to strengthen us. He already knows what we're about but we need to show confidence in the grace of God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message entitled, God's Perfect Timing. Jesus is See, Haman has divorced the way he wants to be treated from the way he's treating others. He's plotting to kill Mordecai. Do you think Haman would want to be treated that way in that situation? Absolutely not. See, Haman has got it right. If it were me and if I was going to be honored, this is how I'd want to be honored. And really, Jesus places that reality. However you want to be treated, treat others in that way. It doesn't say treat others that way if they treat you that way. It says treat others that way. Whatever it is that you desire to receive from people, that you must first proactively do as unto them. Haman should have been treating Mordecai this way the whole time. But he's only thinking, this is what I want, so this is how I want to be honored. And the key for you and I is we need to turn the way we want to be treated outward. So if you need forgiveness, you should forgive other people. If you need grace, you should be gracious to other people. If you would like to be treated kindly, then be kind to other people. Now, I'm here to tell you this. I do not expect 21st century America or any culture to get that. But we have to expect the people of God to get that by the Holy Spirit. That we are not to live reactionary lives. If someone treats us lousy, we're going to treat them lousy. We lead proactive, preemptive, loving lives because we believe in Jesus. And brothers, sisters, we need to pro, we don't respond to people. We respond to Jesus and people get the benefit. Can you treat somebody else the way that you would want to be treated? Can you and I learn how to see through all the gunk and say, God, in this situation, this is how I'd want to be treated? See, Haman knows what he wants, but is unwilling to pass it along to Mordecai. But in the ultimate act of irony, he has to. Because notice what happens. Haman says, this is what you need to do. King, this is the way, this is the way you're going to honor someone. And I love this. It's classic what happens here. Verse 10, notice it in verse, chapter 6. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, 
take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. See, even though Haman doesn't want to, the king is like, you need to do for Mordecai what you just think should have been done for you, even though the king doesn't know he was doing it for himself. Remember he said, and get one of your highest noble princes to do it? Haman was the guy chosen. I love that. See, the king makes Haman be a way that Haman doesn't want to be, and that's exactly what King Jesus should be doing in your life and my life making us be a way that we wouldn't be naturally. We wouldn't be kind. We wouldn't be loving. We wouldn't be gracious and forgiving. We wouldn't give someone the benefit of the doubt. But because we want all those things, and we know we need all those things because we are so fatally flawed and we have such a wealth of information to prove that, that we can say, God, I'm going to treat other people the way I'd want to be treated if I was them. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we need to live the golden rule. Let's say, Lord, by your spirit, let me treat others the way I want to be treated. Let me love others the way I want to be loved. Let me speak to others the way I'd want to be spoken to. Let me, see, that changes. It doesn't matter how they speak to us. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't say, depending on how they treat you, that's how you should treat them. No, it doesn't say that. It says, we proactively respond to Jesus by treating others the way we'd want to be treated. Isn't that a different way of living? That's a more excellent way. Or else you just react to someone's garbage. You know what happens when you react to garbage? You get more garbage and worse garbage. So we respond to Jesus. Now, look at what goes on from there. Picking up in verse 12. It says, Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house mourning and with his head covered. And when Haman told his wife Zeresh and all of his friends everything that happened to him, his wise men and his wife, Zerah, said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. While they were sitting talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet, which Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day, of the banquet, at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. And then Queen Esther answered and said, this is in verse three of chapter seven, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given to me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be de killed, to be annihilated. Had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss. And so King Ahasuerus answered and said to Queen Esther, who is he and where is he who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. So Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. After having to parade Mordecai through the streets, Mordecai, because he's not driven by his ego, he just goes back to the king's gate, but Haman goes home in mourning. 
and his friends and his wife who said, yeah, man, make sure you, make sure you get that guy Mordecai killed. They're like, uh-oh, you are in trouble, bro. That's what they say to him. In effect, they say, you took our advice, you are in trouble, dude. Now listen, that's the problem with bad friends, friends who give you lousy advice, is that when, all, when push comes to shove and your life's crashing down, they're like, yeah, sorry, bro. So listen, I made the point last week that you find, need to find friends who make you better. Listen, make sure you're taking good counsel from people who love the Lord. Because when your life goes crashing down, the friends who gave you bad advice will often never be there. Your life is yours. You're responsible for your life. Don't even pretend for one second that your life is in your friend's hands. It's in your hands. It's your life. He goes home upset, and they're like, yeah, you, you know, you're busted, bro. You're in trouble. And then sure enough, as this is happening, as this is happening, the courtiers, so to speak, the people who accompanied people to the king's, to the queen's banquet show up for Haman. Haman gets rushed on off, and sure enough, they have their second banquet. And sure enough, finally, the king's like, okay, Esther, what do you want? And she says, I want my life and the life of my people. Now, you can expect that for King Xerxes, Ahasuerus, he was not expecting to hear that. I'm asking for my life to be spared in my people's lives. And he is shocked. The king is shocked. I mean, look at the words that the king says. Who is he and where is he, in verse 5, who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? Who is it? Who did it? And then she said, the adversary and the enemy is wicked Haman. Brothers and sisters, you know what this teaches us? Remember I said the good things you do will come out? Well, guess what? Your sin will come out too. Yours, just as the good that you do will come on out, the evil that you do will be made known as well. See, in the end of the day, although our lives seem private, everything is under surveillance. God sees everything, and it always comes out. It's just a matter of time. It's amazing how often we think that we can spin things that it won't come out, but it always comes out. See, Haman's plan is now out there for the king to see. Now, someone bound to say, you know, so Fusco, you know, that's scare tactics right there. We should be scared. Because I think we make the mistake of thinking we can do things and nobody sees it. And if nobody, if nobody caught me yet, I can keep doing it at some point. Listen to what Jesus says. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, this is Luke 12, verses 1 to 3, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now listen to what he says. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. He's saying, look, the little things that you say in secret places, that's going to come out. That the totality of what we are comes out to the surface. See, nobody lives their lives tucked away, away from sight. We only have the illusion of it because maybe no one's called us yet. Maybe nobody knew. And the beauty of the work of Jesus is that Jesus simply asks us to bring it out into the open, 
See, Jesus isn't saying, I know what you're all about and I'm just waiting to pounce on you. He's saying, look, I want you to bring your stuff into the open. I want you just to come in and just say, hey, look, this is what I am. That's called confession. And that word confession in the Greek literally means to agree with what God is saying who we are. So if I come and say, man, I'm so sorry, I'm prideful. I'm just agreeing with God. God knows that I'm prideful. God knows that I make, when I say, man, I totally made a mistake. God knows that I made a mistake. I'm just agreeing with the truth of who I really am. And I'm doing it under my own volition because I'm saying, God, your grace is sufficient for my weakness. See, the beauty of this is not a scare tactic. This is just reality. But on the day when you have to give an account for your life and I have to give an account for my life, it's not that someone's going to be able to come and say, I never did anything wrong. All it's going to be able to say is that, look, I did a million things wrong, but Jesus stood in my place. That's the gospel. The gospel is that I am flawed, but I believe in the one who isn't flawed. And because I believed in the one who isn't flawed, I became better as I went through life. I grew and learned. I became more loving and more gracious, still exceedingly flawed. But I grew. But the reason I can stand before the judge of all the earth is that I believed in your son who you sent to save and redeem me. And I leaned into your Holy Spirit that I might be changed from what I was to more and more like Jesus. And brothers and sisters, that is the Christian gospel. That's the good news. The good news is not that you will put your faith and trust in Jesus and you will never get anything wrong. The good news is that you will put your faith and trust in Jesus and you will still do a million things wrong, but you have your faith and trust in Jesus and God is changing us. And that's why the move from humble repentance to self-righteous religion is such a bastardization of the message of Jesus. The move from saying, I need Jesus and I give my life to him to this, I have it all right. And everyone, I looked down my nose at everyone because I am so religiously spiritual and you guys are so not. It's such a miss in the message of Jesus because what happens is it says that once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that you're going to get everything right. I mean, look at Peter. I mean, Peter, like the foremost apostle, he couldn't get out of his own way if he tried. I mean... You got Paul rebuking Peter in the, to the church in Galatia. I mean, these guys are messed up, but they're redeemed. And that's why you and I, we need a humble witness, a humble, confident witness. Humble, broken in our, realize that we make mistakes, but confidence in the grace of God, in the provision of God. See, Haman's sin comes out. And notice in verse 6, look at what it says. It's just a... It's an amazing thing. Look at what it says here. It says, so Haman was terrified before the king and queen. See, Haman is terrified because now it's out. He should have been terrified long before. See, he should have been terrified the first time he had the thought of getting rid of Mordecai. He should have been like, man, my heart is wrong. What's wrong with me? But now that it's out, now he's terrified. Look at how this chapter ends. Verse 7. Look at what it says. Then the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther pleading for his life, for he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. 
Verse 8, when the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, Haman had fallen across the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, will he also assault the queen while I'm in, while I'm in the house? As the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Now Harbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, look, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. You see what goes on. The king leaves the banquet. He's piping hot mad, right? He goes, he's just like, he's got to get this thing together. And Haman starts to plead for his life from Queen Esther. It's amazing. This is the man. This is the man who wants to kill all the Jewish people. Now he knows he's in trouble. He's pleading for his life. And the king walks back in and Haman is so overcome that he's fallen over onto the queen's couch. And at the perfect moment, God's perfect timing, the king walks in and he thinks he's trying to make the moves on Queen Esther. And the king says, what you doing? You know, he's like, are you going to try and assault my wife while I'm in the house? And then sure enough, it comes out that Haman had gallows made for Mordecai. Harbona tells him, and he says, go hang him on those gallows. They put a cover over his face. I was a sign of the death sentence. What does this teach us, brothers and sisters? Don't fall into your own pit. Don't fall into your own pit. Every scheme, every unrighteous scheme that Haman had, he's got to live it now. He dug his own pit for somebody else and he fell right in it. And brothers and sisters, isn't it true that when we have these type of experiences, we always fall into our own pit? Always. It's like we dig a pit for somebody else and we fall right in it. Always. Don't fall into your own pit. Listen to Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus says, look, make the standard that you want, but I'm going to hold you to that standard. Whatever standard for people you set up, I'm going to let you live by it. Do any of us survive at our own standards of justice and judgment for the people around us? Listen to Psalm chapter 7. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealings shall come down on his own crown. Whatever we do comes out. So listen, if you're here today and you, in your hurt, in your frustration, you've been devising schemes, stop it. You're going to just fall into it. That's what we learn here. You're, you're going to fall into the trap that you set. 
Now, I realize that when you say that in church, you're like, well, come on, Daniel, who do you think we are? Listen, we're, we're dreadfully human, all of us. So yeah, maybe you're not plotting to kill a whole race of people. Or maybe you are. But each one of us has this part of us that is so broken that we would go to unbelievable lengths to discredit people because we didn't get the honor that we wanted. We all have it. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's your spouse. Whatever it is, we live our lives from the heart out. And whatever schemes that you have, you're going to fall into it. It's just a matter of time. And whatever you do is going to, it's going to come out. And so, brothers, sisters, listen. Jesus knows that we're messed up. That's why he came. That's why God orchestrated a rescue mission with the perfect life of Jesus, his death on the cross and his resurrection. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit because we needed to be saved. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, listen, you need to because that's God's way of fixing humanity. That's his plan. You might be like, well, I don't like the plan. Listen, we're just grateful God has a plan. Thank God that he loves us enough to save us. So if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you need to do that. Because that isn't the end of the story. That's the beginning of a new life. And God wants to grow you up. Now, if you're here and you've already put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you got, you're erecting gallows like Haman. You got schemes and plans. You're hoping to do this or that. Brothers, sisters, we need to lay that stuff down. You need to confess it to the Lord. He already knows you're doing it. You need to go to people and say, look, I'm sorry. I've been totally wrong. Forgive me. And your job is not to make them accept your forgiveness. Your job is simply to proactively be good. Offer it. Say, I'm so sorry. My heart was wrong. Sorry. You know, next to the three words, I love you, which is the most important three words we should probably say, probably the next most important three words we should say is, I'm sorry. And the beauty is, is our desire for forgiveness is always married to God's desire for grace. That's the message. That when you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. That when you say, God, I've, you say someone, I've messed up, they say, I forgive you. It's not that you just go down. It's no, we are humbled so that God can raise us up. We are meek so that God can make us strong. We are little in our own eyes so that God may be made great in this world. So brothers, sisters, listen. The way of Jesus, Jesus at street level, is us living out the golden rule empowered by the Spirit. The good that we do will come out. The sin that we do will come out. If we allow ourselves to progress in sin, it will get worse and we will fall into the pit that we've dug. And I believe that God has given us his word to make sure we don't do that. Jesus is real. 
today's teaching, the truth came out about Haman's plans to destroy the Jewish people. Not only was Mordecai rewarded, but Haman was executed by his own gallows. We learn that good and evil actions will always come to the surface. God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share how the battle wasn't over for the Jews, even after Haman was out of the picture. God has an even greater deliverance in mind in his own time. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled, For Such a Time. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.